enough, you can't really just be like, assume that it's... Yeah, well, it's probably that guy. Yeah, it's just chat. It's probably, probably that guy's shooting at Someone, <laughs> Someone's just reading me up 500 bucks one day. Yeah. Because I was like, she was like, do you want to go back to paying like the regular man? Like, do I have to? <laughs> She's like, no. Nah. She's like, you're still ahead. Like, well, that's how it's happening. Yep. <laughs> this is just how I pay rent. Deal with it. All right, I get that code. Swing over here. Um, I guess we will start with our update that we're giving everyone this week. Are we live? We are now live. All right. Welcome to Amber Live Pod. It is Tuesday. Um, and today you probably noticed that we are it's nothing, yeah, nothing different. It's nothing different. <laughs> uh, completely normal live pod with all the essential components of a great live session. Why am um, Today's the director's cut, so it's just the two directors and nobody else. No non-essential personnel. Kind of just, you know, really bad code for Yeah, we're pretty far apart. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Dan had a exam today, first exam of the semester. Um, and he's back at uni as of July, so doing the smart things. Yeah, trying to do a little bit of personal development, which we really do uh, emphasize that anybody we work with or you know, we're involved with, they sort of pursue a little bit of education on the side, um, and that's what Dan's up to. So he had his first exam. Uh, hopefully, he went well. By all yeah. Accounts. And yeah, I don't know how uni works in that, but like you, you don't. They need to like mark your tests like well, back in school, don't they? I used to when I was doing like my weekly assessments, the results would come up straight away. Basically, it just tells you what you're doing um, because it's a computer generated test or whatever, mm -hmm. or it's just something that they put in advance for the gives you the answer. But I guess for the mid semester, which is what he's done, it's um it's a a bit bigger of a deal than just a weekly test. So yeah. Um, I guess they would probably have to go through and make sure that the responses were accurate and then maybe there's some kind of grading scale that they apply to. Yeah, because I've never done uh, anything uni in my life, but I just got my Cert 3 and Cert 4 <laughs> in business. So uh, well, that's um, just from RPL, which is, um, if you're military, you can actually RPL a fair bit mm. because i just done like sub 1, sub 4 for it was for uh, for folks, but yeah, just because of those, I straight up got my set of three. Yeah, um, and yeah, I didn't really need to give them anything else for my set four either. But now that I'm push, tr going to try and push under my diploma or whatever, I need to provide evidence of owning a business and stuff. So yeah, I've um I've you know always been fairly disenfranchised with the um the formal learning. I said the sound is terrible. Is it? Sorry, I didn't do my sound check. Oh, shit. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know if it's just because... Oh, uh, yeah, it's a bit, uh, like, echoey, I guess. I... This is what happens when fucking Dan's not here. <laughs> yeah. We apologise. Is that... Oh, actually, it could be definitely my bad. Oh, <laughs> it was the... It was the computer microphone, wasn't it? We got through the... <laughs> Computer my guys, don't even worry about it. We've well, been, we've been doing this for years. <laughs> it's just because I've moved location. Look, there we go. Now it's uh, oh, right. now it's pumping. It's just because I'm over here now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, big upsets. 
It's a bit strange. Sort of being there. We go, Adam. Let us know that uh, he's better than you. We apologise. Um, you know, when we don't have the non-essential person. Yeah, when there's not three brands, <laughs> it just <laughs> falls apart. Yeah, everything goes horribly wrong. Um, yeah, no. What I, what was I saying before? That I'm I've been fairly disenfranchised with sort of formal learning institutions for most of my life, especially when I sort of realised that a lot of degrees are like pay to play. Mm. It's um, you know, the uni is much like the army in the sense that they're going to do their very best to get you through to the end of that degree. Yeah. Um, as long as you're paying the money, you know, so there, and it shouldn't be that way, but these are private institutions. They do need to pay their bills and, you know, they're paying for teachers and at some stage they probably want to make mm. a profit as well. So as said so much better without Dan. So. <laughs> Brutal. Just in case Dan's only watching on Instagram. She said that over on the, on Facebook. Which Adam is weird still said that's quiet. It's quiet now. It sounds good on ours, man. I don't know. Adam still said that's quiet. Oh, maybe so just turn, turn your, turn your turn volume your shit up. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. I think yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting with this, like the Cert 4. They, they were kind of just like, oh, yeah, you've done a, lot, a heap of stuff. Give us money. And yeah. we'll give you the bit of paper. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because most people will learn these skills that they would be taught at uni in real life. Mm. At some stage, if you do something for long enough, you probably pick it up. Like, um, you know, for example, with where Nathan's concerned, he is a small business owner. He has been for six years. Um, you know, he owns multiple small small businesses. And in the process of just making those businesses a success, you know, if they if he doesn't want to fail, he kind of has to learn how to do certain things that they are just going to teach you at university. Yeah. Or TAFE or wherever it is you might go to school. Um, so I I think that the RPL process, I I'm happy with that. I'm able to provide evidence and say, look what I've done for a certain amount of time. I think I'm entitled to some acknowledgement for that. Um, what I don't really like is the fact that there are certain places, I think most businesses now expect you to come, you know, have a degree before you start there, but that degree is really no evidence of knowledge. Yeah. All it is is the fact that they, they've proved you can attend university and write some fucking essays. Um, obviously, I do caveat that every single time with if you want to be a fucking doctor or a lawyer or, uh, yeah. you know, some, you know, I guess even an exercise physiologist, we were talking about this today. If you want to be somebody that requires a certain degree to get accredited by the government or something like that, you know, um, then you have to go to uni. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to choose between a doctor that spent seven years at uni or a doctor that was like, oh, I learned everything on YouTube. <laughs> you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to choose the uni one. Yeah. And like in... In business, you can. I just started from not knowing anything and just learned yeah. everything. You can't kind of just start cutting people open. And well, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, and I think, you know, it's it is changing. Universities are gradually learning to adapt to the way they teach people, so that you know, if you do go to university to a doctor, a lot of it is hands on. You are spending a lot of time in a hospital, in a practice, in a. They understand they come out of these degrees with yeah. um, because if they don't, they're doing them a disservice. Um, the flip side of that is if you get that real-world experience somehow, however you manage mm. to do it, the university should also feel like it can award you that degree. Um, 
or you know you shouldn't be looked down upon by say the business community for not having an MBA yeah when all the MBA really is is a, a a bunch of essays and a tick in the box saying you were able to do work in uni at the same time, basically, <laughs> yeah. which, I mean, how does that do you any favours? It's like a couple hours a day where you really should be just making more profits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, what are we talking about today? We we have decided to do an episode on uh, management, basically. Um, we figured, you know, with the two directors here, <laughs> cut right to the chase. I can't fix this sound problem, to be honest. Oh, really? We are very quiet on most platforms, but you might just have to turn it all the way up. You can hear us. Right. Should but I? I don't know. It's um, on on my screen. It's working. So anyway. I tried to... Re- Whoa. That's loud. I tried refreshing the stream, but we'll just have to deal with it. Try now? Oh, my God. That's yeah, loud that's as fuck. Super loud. Is that better? It could be. Yeah, that's all right. We might just have to that's a bit better. further away. Yeah, I mean, I'm far away from this fucking thing anyway. Um, yeah, okay. So, in, in all seriousness, we are talking about... Um, oh, Dwayne said he, he, we should have asked he would have come on. Yeah, well, I wasn't ex- I wasn't really sure when it came to Dwayne <laughs> how much more exposure he needed online. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, what, I, um, what we are going to talk about today is... Uh, I guess management and the differences between uh, what I learned managing a team in the army as an infantry section commander mm. and what Nathan has learned managing, like in his process of managing some VAs recently. Um, because I imagine we've learned some very similar things. I plan on writing a, an article series about leadership, junior leadership, and what I learned as a team leader in the military. Mm. Um, and how I think that applies to, I guess, the business or civilian work environment. But um, I guess we could start with what you're doing with VAs, what VAs even are. Yeah, well, VAs stands for Virtual Assistant, um, and they were pretty big already before COVID, COVID, um, but they were bigger in places like India, Philippines, stuff like that. But since kind of the zombie apocalypse hit they've actually become a lot more popular in Australia, in the US and that. Um, So it's basically just someone that works from home, Yeah, I guess. Um, So I'm... Because I basically, with my first business, managed everything, wore every hat in the business. Yeah. And it just became very overwhelming. I've now started looking to outsource the work to other people. Um, What I've kind of realised at the moment is the one full-time VA I have now... I'm just getting her to do things that I never had time for. Right. So my workload has stayed the same at the moment. Right. She just <laughs> She's does just picking else. up things because, like, social media just took a backseat um, with my other business. So she's doing a lot of that now. Um, but once she's kind of up to speed with the business and I go for another one, I will be getting them to do things that take up my time right. or so that I can focus my time on other things. I, s- I noticed that you're sort of easing her into this whole process. Is that you driven or her driven? Is it like you don't, you're not sure she can handle all this work or she's not sure exactly what this business does. So she sort of wants to take smaller steps at the beginning so she can get a better grasp of it. Yeah, no, that's me. I read a book on hiring VAs before I, well, kind of as I was hiring. Yeah. Um, and it basically said that 
VAs aren't super, super workers kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like I work as much as I possibly can because it's my business. But yeah. like a VA is just like an employee. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she doesn't know a lot about kind of that industry. Yeah. So all I'm doing is kind of finding her skills at the moment, right. which um, like she's, she's really good at... Um, so like we're well, not really good, but she can do graphic design stuff, yeah, as well as admin tasks, as well as customer service. So I'm trying to find where she fits best, but I also want her to enjoy what she's doing. Like yeah, yeah. I don't want to say, oh, you can just do customer service if she hates it, yeah, because yeah. she's like she's a real person. That's what people in this book I read. Apparently, that's what. Um, kind of business owners think is, oh, these people aren't real people. They're just robots. Just a robot. Um, just an artificial intelligence <laughs> yeah. that does what you tell it. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer, and obviously we know, like, if you enjoy doing something more, you're going to work harder and all that. So, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, to I guess, not do what the army did. <laughs> well, that, that was my next point, actually. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up, that people see this, like, you know, text box on the other side of the computer. Or, you know, how do you communicate with her mainly through Messenger? Or? Yeah, basically a Messenger app, WhatsApp. It's more of a worldwide app. Have you ever done face, like a no. Skype, Zoom, nothing? No, not yet. Like, I'm happy to, but yeah. I've, with hiring her initially, it's been hard because I'm so busy and all my time is taken up, but now I need to add in training someone basically yeah. so it's been a rough it was a rough um kind of time trying to i'm mean, like my communications aren't great with her but yeah we're we're working on it and once she gets into a more of a system i think it'll run a lot smoother but at the moment we're just kind of trying to i to found so obviously when i was in the military i was part of and a training establishment for a year. So training was my entire life and we didn't have to make time for training mm. because that was the job. But then when I moved to Exclaim, I did take on a training role with a new employee that we have in a role that didn't exist before I got there. And I found that the best way to train that person was getting them to do stuff that I already had to do, mm. but sort of hand-holding. Yeah. I don't know, is that the kind of process that you're taking them through? Yeah, all the stuff that she's doing, I I guess I have done before. Um, so I know what standard it yeah. kind of can be done to. Not, not necessarily needs to be done to, but I know that... Um, like, yeah, if, if she's doing a good job or not, um, yeah. because I've done it all before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just the things that like just before I have 43 products that I need to put onto the store that yeah. I have not had time for, for the last six months. Yeah. But I did do that originally, but now she's doing that and I know kind of what standard those products need to be put across as. Yeah. Um, I... Going back to the robot thing, I think it's interesting because obviously the hiring process for someone like this is very different to a traditional hiring process where you would sit down with someone, have an interview. I mean, maybe you'd look at their resume first, but then you have a conversation with them to see if they may, might be a cultural fit. Mm. Or um, Whereas, you know, the priority for you is can this person do the things that I need them to do? <laughs> um, I don't really care what they look like. I don't really care what they sound like. Um, I, did you check a resume? Is there like a, was there a selection Yeah, well, like there's a, 
because it was on a website that like basically is a job hiring website yeah. freelancer um, and they pretty much put all their skills and they have a portfolio of everything yeah. they've done in the past right, okay. and all reviews as well like heaps right. of good reviews kind of thing so like um, LinkedIn but specifically for VAs almost yeah I'd say yeah LinkedIn I don't know how like worldwide LinkedIn is LinkedIn's pretty massive yeah okay. um, but as far as so what I've read about LinkedIn is that the creators of it wanted it to replace resumes. Mm. They, the ideal goal for the people who run LinkedIn is that it replaces things like seek.com. Yeah. You know, because instead of having a resume, your whole job history is just on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's just and it's got reviews from your past employers and it's all live straight, like it's all live because it's been updated by employers in real time. So you mm. can't fake any of it. You can't lie. You can't cherry pick your people that leave you reviews mm. because ideally the people that you work with are going to leave you reviews if you do a really good job mm. you know you can't really convince people to do that if they don't want to whereas you know if, say you left a company and you needed a reference you're obviously going to pick the one that's going to yeah. give you the best reference <laughs> yeah so i know that's sort of a goal for linkedin but it's interesting to see that approach to i guess a, a va website and um, linking back to the robot thing, in the military, you almost do see all of your, your diggers as robots yeah. at, at one point in time or another. You know, these people are not real people. Yeah. They're just, you know, that's the guy on the gun. Yeah. That guy's got the GLA, you know, and you expect them to do a job to a certain standard and their emotional well-being doesn't really come into it. Whether they even like their job or not yeah. doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, you've got a job to do. Um, but you do know that if they like what they're doing, they are more likely to succeed, they're more likely to be motivated, less likely to complain. Um, and I, one of the things I realised when I was in, um, as a section commander, you, you generally have, um, you know, you've got senior diggers and junior diggers, and the senior ones have generally done a support course, mm. and they are able to choose their support course, and that generally leads to what they're interested in. Yeah. You know, you don't do mortars if you're not interested in that mm. shit. You certainly don't do pioneers if you're not interested in that, heavy weapons, whatever. So when it comes to certain tasks, it was I found it easier to pick the right people for the job based on the support course they'd chosen. Yeah. Because if I needed somebody to do, you know, be a bit more passionate about leading the fucking fire team or um you know the maneuver support section or whatever picking someone that had experience with heavy weapons and that was passionate about that kind of shit was always going to be a better choice mm. than choosing like a recon dude to do mss because he doesn't care yeah you know so um it is interesting that the book that you read talks a lot about how the first mistake these people make is treating them just like a robot <laughs> Um, I think that carries over really well to the military is the people that you, you're leading are not robots and yeah. you will always get better work out of somebody if you can tailor that job to them in some way. And I saw that with when I went into the office job in the army, yeah. I hated it. Mm. So I did fucking no work at all. Like as <laughs> little as, and everyone knew that, that I didn't fucking no work. And but people thought I was a shit worker, like right. But then going out into my own business and something I love, yeah. I can sit there for ten hours a day, yeah, and work because I love it, yeah. And that's what I like. I think that's what the army needed to 
well, they kind of need to find something I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but that's what I want to do with my employees employees as well is make sure they're enjoying their... Yeah. And we even see it here, like, we love doing this, so we work and do yeah. it. Like, I want... I want to be a... I'm trying to be a good boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the hardest things that you learn in a in a leadership position is you you start off with the best of intentions. Mm. You do really want to be the best secker. I, I just remember Jules always wanted to be the best too, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the time you cannot please everyone. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to have a great fucking time and have fun while you're doing... Like, there are certain jobs out there that you're going to have to do that just suck. There's nothing about, um, you know, whether you can tailor it to their enjoyment because at some stage you're going to have to give somebody some work that they're probably not going to enjoy. Um, I remember at Exclaim, uh, a majority of the work that I did was not fun or enjoyable, but I found ways to, I guess... Um, minimize the boring shit mm. and maximize the time I got to spend on things that I did like. Yeah. Um, and that, did, that didn't mean that I just stopped doing the work that I didn't like because I understood if I wanted to excel at this job, um, you know, you have to do the, the shit stuff sometimes. Uh, it's, you know, it's the same with what we do here. I don't love everything that we do, but as long as it's kept below a certain threshold, I don't mm. mind some of the dumb stuff. Um so I think when it comes to leadership, you do need to be very honest with yourself and say, look, I am going to try to make this as enjoyable as possible for this person, but I do need to be honest with them when it comes to the stuff that's probably going to suck. Yeah. And the best way I've found to solve the problem of this is going to suck no matter what is let them do it the way they want to do it. Mm. Because if you force them to do a shitty job the way that you think it should be done, it's going to be shitty no matter what for them because they're doing a job they don't want to do in a way they probably don't like doing it. Whereas if you give them a task that is probably garbage, you know, you say, oh, I need all of this stuff uploaded to my website and it's pretty boring stuff. And you say, I don't care how it happens. This is the standard that needs to be done. They might find a new way to automate it. They might find a solution that you never fucking thought of or they'll find a way to get it done um, in, in, in record time. Mm. That, you know, and what, becomes, what was a task that really was shit for you could turn into a problem-solving situation for them. Yeah, well, when I... I guess it was my first VA hire. Um, I just wanted SOPs written for a yeah. task uh, because that's what I'm trying to do now. My business is systemize all of it yeah. so I can outsource yeah. or automate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just sent them a screen recording video of this is how I do this task. Yeah. And it was a task that you kind of have to do yeah, 50 yeah. times. And I just said, can you write SOPs for this? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. And yeah, he came back to me and said, I have an easier way. Would you, would you want to hear it? And yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And he sent me, yeah, a far easier way. It probably cut the time in half, I'd say. Yeah. 
Um, it wasn't like incredible, like can do it in 10 seconds, but yeah, it was a lot faster than I did it. Yeah. And a lot of the time shit jobs are shit jobs because they take so fucking long. Mm. Cutting something down by 50% is like you're turning a task from five hours into maybe two and you go, well, I can do that for two hours. I don't Mm. mind doing it for two hours. Whereas having to do it for five might be like, get absolutely fucked. You don't even want to start because you know it's going to (laughs) take five hours to finish. Whereas if it's much shorter, you can go, oh, well, fuck it. I'll just knock it out in two hours and it'll be done. I don't have to worry about it. Um, And I think that's something that the army does not do well. Yeah. It'd be hard for a digger to be like, I think I can do this better. Well, (laughs) I, and I was that guy that (laughs) that constantly got in trouble for being the person that was like, have we thought about doing it this way? (laughs) Um, I remember, you know, a conversation that I had recently with a, a good mate of mine who is now a warrant officer um, so he, he was a sergeant when I knew him, um, and we worked together at Singleton when I was an instructor. And he said that, um, I kept coming into the office being like, have we thought about doing it this way? And he just got so fucking sick of me asking the question that eventually he was like, well, what's the worst that could happen if I just like <laughs> let it, let him do it and see what happens. And when he finally let it happen, you know, he'd fought off that age-old army instinct of, no, nope, it's my way or no other way. Mm. He found, he was like, oh, this is actually better. You know, this is saving us time or it's actually, um, you know, a, a modernized approach to whatever we were trying to do. It's a more effective teaching method, whatever. Um, and, I mean, I'm not saying that all of my ideas are great ones. I mean, 95% of them are probably terrible. <laughs> but... The worst that can happen most of the time is that you try, realize that it doesn't work, mm. and it's win-win for the leader in that situation and the subordinate. So, I mean, if we explore the two different pathways that you can go down here, if I, as a as the subordinate, I come into the Sarge's office and I go, hey, Sarge, let's fucking do it this way, and he just goes, nah, dumb idea, get the fuck out. He's now pissed off at me because I challenged his authority yeah. or whatever it was or I've wasted his time um, and I'm pissed off because I didn't get heard. You know, I thought I had a great idea. So now I don't really want to do whatever task we're going to do mm. anyway because I think there's a better way of doing it. He thinks that I'm like some upstart that probably, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about and I don't have 10 years of experience. So <laughs> the fuck would I know? And so we're all in bad moods and we're trying to get this shit done and it just makes the whole thing worse. Yeah. The other option is, and that's like absolute worst case, realistically. I mean, the sergeant might not give a fuck, but me as a human being, being told no without even a chance to be heard, that's just a negative response for people to learn over and over again. It happens all the time in the army. But um, in, in the other situation, if I come in and I say, hey, I've got this idea, and your leader says okay, let's hear it, that, I mean, just those words alone are enough for you to go, oh, fuck, this guy actually wants to hear my opinion. Mm. And you explain it, and it might be the worst fucking (laughs) idea in the world. If you can justify the 10 fucking minutes that it might take for that guy to figure out that it's a terrible idea, let him do it. Mm. You know, even if you know it's not going to work, even if you did it 10 years ago and you found out, no, that that just never works, I... 
my experience is you let that person try because the 10 minutes that it takes to figure out that their idea isn't a great one is a huge learning experience for them. Mm. You wasted 10 fucking minutes. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. And on top of that, that person's going, oh, well, that, that guy let me do the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. I feel much better about my position. I feel validated. Um, and I'm willing to do more work for that guy because I've now recognized that his idea has merit and mine doesn't because I, I've seen mine mm. fail. I was allowed to try it. I've gone, ah, fuck, it didn't work. Um, and then the other story is that person tries. It works really fucking well. It's actually better than the previous method. And you, everyone comes out winning in that situation because you've yeah. got a new way of doing things and it's, um, you know, you're saving time or you might be saving money or let's say the two methods work exactly the same. If we're measuring it on time, um, both methods take exactly one hour <laughs> and the exact same standard is achieved. You just, you weigh them both up and you go, well, they're exactly the same. Yeah. You let them do it that way because they, they once again, they feel heard. They've been able to voice their opinion and someone was like, yes, okay, I accept that. We're going to try it. Um, the same standard is achieved. No one gets fucking hurt. And you're, once again, the person in the subordinate position feels more valued than they did before. So, they're more likely to come to you with shit, you know. And I think that goes into kind of what I'm trying to do with uh, employees as well is make... Make them feel part of the team and make them feel like we are growing this company together, yeah. not I'm your boss, you're just doing the work for my company. Yeah. And like similar with, with military, I guess it's everyone's in this as a team yeah. kind of thing. Well, ideally. Um, I remember a lot of the time it was like, do this and shut the fuck yeah. up. You know, these are the orders, whatever your opinion, doesn't fucking matter. Well, that's the thing. People are like, um, what what skills do I take out of the army What and all this? Um, and it's weird that one of the things I've taken from the army is what not to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, that's a really hard thing to learn. And whether you're in the army or not, whether you've been working at fucking Maccas for 10 years, it doesn't matter, and you're looking at a transition, uh, you would have been exposed to leadership. One of the things that I valued most about the military is your exposure to so many different types of leadership. Mm. Like... I, I would have, we would have had fucking, you've got four secos at Kapuga, so four corporals at Kapuga, four corporals at Singo, plus an admin corporal, a sergeant at both places, and a boss at both places. Mm. That's like, I don't know, off the top of my head, 15 people in leadership positions where you can pick what you do and don't like about mm. all those people. Um, when I worked at Exclaim, there had been the same leadership team at the company for the better part of 10 years, and it was a small leadership team. And so anyone that had been promoted up within the company recently, so in a team leader position, they'd only been exposed to a very small number of people over 10 years. So when they thought about the kind of leader that they wanted to be, mm. they had three options to choose from. Yeah. They don't know any better. Mm. Um, so we are lucky in the sense that when you're a part of the military, what not to do is one of the easiest lessons to learn yeah. because you're shown it on a daily fucking basis you're given examples of people that do the wrong thing in leadership positions every day, all fucking day. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the, that's the other side of the coin. Things I've... Another thing I've taken from the military is what a good leader is, so I can try and do that myself. Yeah, and 
I mean, it doesn't it doesn't always work, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I'd say you're in a fairly unique position where, you know, rather than I think in the past, even before the zombie apocalypse, so the recent past, if we were to bring someone in to be a part of this team, it would be a fairly lengthy process. You know, how do we know we can trust them? Are they the right person for the job? Do we really want to be sitting next to this person 24 hours a fucking day? Are they even going to care about the shit that we do? Hmm. Like, because it's not their company. You know, there's a lot of questions that we want to answer. Do we consider them qualified? How the fuck would we even know in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, what makes us the experts? Whereas when it comes to a VA, I think you all, a lot of those questions are taken out of the equation. You don't even need to think about it. Mm. You're given a list on a website as if it was fucking LinkedIn. Mm. You just pick one and then you go, oh, okay, well, hopefully this person is a good fit. If they're not the beauty of the gig economy is you can just swap them out for yeah. someone else realistically. Yeah. But on the flip side, you are more motivated as a business owner to provide this person with a reason to stay mm. because for them to get another job, it's pretty easy. You know, yeah. someone else is going to give them whatever they want an hour. Um, whereas for you to say, train someone up like you're doing now, you're giving this person all this experience in this job that you want them to do. If you lose that person, if for some reason they decide they don't want to be a part of it anymore or you get sick of them and you want to trade them out, you do need to consider that you've got to train someone all over again. Yeah, and that's why like um, two dudes I'm mates with run basically a program where they find VAs for people uh, and they talk about systemizing um, your business, which is having SOPs and... Well known in the military, SOPs were pretty massive. Yeah, so you important. could just swap the gunner out yeah. for another gunner. Yeah, and you have SOPs kind of thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, and that is the beauty of VAs. Um, there's no two week notice kind of. Like, yeah, as as the person I am, if I did need to, I probably would just give that notice anyway, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a fair, fair, fair bit different in just the VA space. And I think the, I mean, the remote working situation that the zombie apocalypse has encouraged, it, I think it teaches you that you can't just be the boss that you are already. Mm. You kind of have to be a, you have to want to be a little bit better because um, once the job market is open to people from anywhere, you know, you, you're not, you're no longer limited to experts that are, Hot, hot singles in your area, <laughs> you know. In the in the past, if we wanted, I don't know, if I wanted a fucking another coach to train mm. our clients, I'd need to find a coach that fit all of our descriptions of what we want in a person. Mm. Plus, they have to be in North Brisbane to want to come in here and yeah. work whatever hours. With remote working, you've got the entire fucking world and your finger you got and you might only need them for 24 hours a week mm. so that's and that 24 hours they can do that whenever the fuck they want you know yeah. they don't have to be within our time zone they don't even have to be on our continent and because of the availability of workers now you you kind of have to be a better fucking boss because they've got options. They've yeah. got way more fucking options than you do. Yeah. You know, you want someone that's good for the job that's going to hopefully enjoy the work that you're giving them and is going to be 
you know, willing to stick on long term and learn and grow with the company. Like you even said, you want them to feel like they're a part of the team. Mm. They want to work for you, not just because they're getting paid, but because they actually enjoy the shit that they're doing. Yeah. If you find someone like that, you need to keep them. Yeah. You need to be the boss that does the things that keeps that person in your corner. Because if you don't, they'll just go find another fucking company. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because of the zombie apocalypse, I think people have realized how good working from home is. I mean, it's just so many benefits. But I think companies have realized that, yeah, we can still operate with people working from home. And then people working from home have been like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can go to work in your bloody dressing gown if you yeah. want to. And like stay-at-home mums kind of thing can can easily, especially with even the technology we used to have, but the the tech boost now that we've had, it's so easy for yeah. like stay-at-home mums or whatever to, to also do a bit of admin work yeah. and stuff as well. Yeah, and I think there's a really valid point to be made there about... Um, you know, the contribution someone feels like they can make to the, I guess, the financial situation in a family. You know, for a very long time, there was the question of, you know, the man is the bread maker and the woman mm. has the kids, which in recent times, obviously, we've realized that anyone can do anything. They do whatever the fuck they want. It's their life. They decide. But remote working has increased that ability because now we know, even if you do get nine months off for fucking... Um, maternity leave that doesn't mean that once you've sorted the kids stuff up out at home you can't log into your computer mm. i mean nobody's saying anymore that you have to come into the workplace mm. and do some shit there which means that you know all those skills that you have as a worker um whether you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mum, they don't go to waste you can still bring it and i mean it might not be a shitload of money or it might be fucking heaps i don't know what they charge by the hour but well even something like even a skill you have like if you know another language yeah you can sit at home and translate documents for businesses and they get paid a fair bit there you go um yeah, I had a mate that was translating um, Japanese to Australian for one company and then Australian to Japanese for a different company in Australia. That's sick. And yeah, he was making heaps because it's quite a niche thing. But if you just have a little skill like that, even if you are good at sorting admin or you're good at customer service, yeah. there's heaps of online gigs for that. And I mean, that's uh, that's another point that needs to be made is like you could be a fucking admin whiz sitting at home and the company that you know you should be working for has this like admin idiot basically and now like previously you might have been limited by location or you mm. might have been limited by the hours because you're dropping kids off or whatever it is but nowadays it's you know if you're a better fit for the role why the fuck aren't you doing that job because yeah. you know just because you're at home doesn't mean you can't do the work everything's remote now um, I think looping back around to, you know, building good teams and, and team management, um, the army teaches you a lot. Like you said, a lot of it is what not to do. Um, and they have specific leadership courses, which you've done. You did JLC. Mm -hmm. um, have you found that that's helped you at all when it comes to probably business and then and working with anyone, whether it be us or your VAs? Uh, the leadership course... Well, sub four for um, admin wasn't wasn't really a leadership course. It was more just here's some extra work you right. are now qualified <laughs> to do. But JLC, I, I guess JLC, yeah, took me from kind of 
a little boy to into a man like <laughs> turn you into a man. Um, yeah, it, I Changed think it gave me outlook on life. <laughs> it gave me a bit of confidence in that. Um, I can't really think of any direct carryover from that course besides, yeah, I guess you have like your teamwork and your and your leadership. Um, but I picked up a lot just from infantry as well. Um, yeah. From my leaders, I picked up stuff from them. And then even in the admin world, I was managing small teams at one point as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of th- throughout my career in the military, I kind of picked up these leadership skills and I guess how to talk to people and how to communicate um, and all these little things about if they're not happy, they're not going to fucking do yeah. good work. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, what, I've br- what I'm bringing over into hiring people. When you look at your business expansion, I know you've talked about graphic designer, someone for social media, someone. Does the uh, does the remote working situation or does the VA market offer you the ability to do all of these things much easier than you would normally do? Because like, I know normally we'd probably have to go out and hire a graphic designer or something. Yeah, well, the good thing about VAs is... I have this one on I'm training with at the moment full time, but yeah. like our programmer, yeah. he's a VA and he's just task by task basis. Yeah. I just hit him up the other day and said, can you expand on this script? And he just said, yep, it'll take me about this many hours, so it'll be right. about this many dollars. I was just like, yep, cool. How? And so we, we don't have to pay him for every day, of, yeah. for every hour for not working. It's just hard. And that's like that's another thing people if if someone is a programmer sitting at home, yeah. Companies can pay you fucking a thousand dollars to write this six script kind of thing. And did you when you're looking for him, did you look at what uni he'd gone to and <laughs> and what businesses he'd worked at? I just before, looked at or? the past work he'd done, I was like, That's really good. Right. And then he'd done I think he'd done a really small thing for us first, but oh, it was just the initial belt processing script. And yeah. I was just blown away yeah. by it. So, yeah, I just kept him on. and Has he ever come back and said this could be done easier or there might be a better way to run this? Or uh, Yes. Now that we're expanding on that script, there are a few things where it's not so much that I was like, this is how we used to do it. It's, it's more like he says this is how, yeah, it can be done right. automatically. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely does have input, which I encourage from him. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I don't want to just restrict his skills. <laughs> no. Um, and do you have, like, a specific conversation or, like, a point now that you've obviously been working with at least two of these people, at what point do you say, I want to hear from you guys? Like, is there... Do you not want to hear from them for the first six weeks or...? No, I I try to make it pretty clear that, yeah, I value your input. Yeah. Um, if you think there's a better way definitely tell me um yeah. and i guess i try not to come off as like a scary person to to talk because these kind of people they yeah i guess they do they do see me as their boss right um and yeah i i just try to get across to them that look i'm not gonna yell at you if you have input <laughs> yeah i think that's one thing that i learned about the army once again what not to do and what to do mm. um I think the the first key lesson that I learned with regards to this situation is that if you have someone on your team or as a part of your section that could probably do a better job than you, 
let them. Mm. Don't don't stand in the way. Don't be that kind of guy that goes, oh, I think I know better. Um, an example is if I'm, you know, as a section commander, if I've got somebody that's done a, a basic recon course in my section and I'm looking at planning a patrol that needs to be fairly, like, sneaky, and I did this on my sub too, um, I had, like, two guys in my section that were, like, advanced recon guys. And, um, and my my task was to like infill to this fucking location set up a um i don't know if you pay or some shit for an assault the next day but it wasn't my assault i just had to set up the uh. fup go move into a little harbor and then wait there for a little bit of time and then fuck off um and so i planned the mission but you know the part where they set up the FUP, I knew that recon guys do that much better than I knew how to do it. In fact, I probably didn't know how to do it. (laughs) So I was like, do you guys know how to do this? And they said, yeah, we can do that in our sleep. Mm. So I just, that part of the mission was led by them. Mm. I, um, you know, we took the trucks in, we walked in about 5K so that, you know, wherever we were going, they wouldn't hear us coming or whatever it was. And then I just set up in a little harbour and those two, I think, with one other person walked off without me. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, and in real life terms or business terms, that would be called micromanagement. If I feel the need to oversee two guys that have done a course in this stuff and I haven't, mm. that's micromanagement. And everything went really smoothly. Funnily enough, these guys did a really fucking good job. You know, they're recon soldiers. We were back where we were and you know, they knew how to get there and how to get back. Um, they did a sick job. I didn't feel the need to go and check it because mm. I trusted them. And then when they came back, um, you know, we waited there for a while, got a call, we had to fuck off. And that whole mission was a nightmare anyway because <laughs> they ended up failing me because <laughs> I didn't do what um, they wanted me to do. Mm. Um, but the key lesson out of all of that is that if there's somebody on your team, no matter what level they hold, they could be the first, they could be the newest employee to the entire company. Mm. Um, a, a good leader is able to recognize that they probably have a skill set that you guys don't have. And if they're a subject matter expert or anything close to it, you need to put your ego in your back pocket and allow them to make decisions for you because their decisions are probably going to be better than the ones you have. Yeah. Um, Adam said his GLC... JLC had commandos on it, so guess who was my lead scouts and recon? <laughs> yeah, and you let them do you let them do that stuff because you know they're going to do a better job than you ever could. I think a lot of problems arise when you get so used to a leadership role that you think you know better than everyone else below you yeah. because you've been in charge for a while, and so how could they possibly know yeah. better? But you know, someone that's just come fresh off a course, you can have a guy fresh out of Singo. Um, or a guy fresh off a recon course and you could have done that recon course six years ago, chances are the information on the course they just did is more up to date. So if they say, oh, hang on a second, we actually did it this way, rather than destroying them for speaking up, you should go, well, okay, let's compare the merits of your idea to the com- the merits of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the second lesson that I learned um, with regards to, I guess, enabling you know, subordinates to do what they um, they want, which I can't really remember what I was going to talk about <laughs> for this part. But um, I do think it is important that you, you are able to have that conversation as early as possible. Mm. You're able to say to that person, whoever it might be, I want your opinion, you know, because that, that matters. Yeah. And like right now, another person I'm looking for is a SEO and marketing specialist. Yes. Yeah. Like I could, I do know a bit about it, but... 
I'm not an expert in it. No. <laughs> so, yeah, go get help. And and on my sub four for admin, I was that guy. I was ex-infantry. Yeah. So when we're out field, I was the one <laughs> yeah. that they turned to, which I was fine with because I loved doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I guess it's play on people's strengths. Yeah. I, and I've always said good leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about enabling people to do the things that they're good at in a way that they are passionate about doing them. Mm. Um, you know, everybody is probably good at something. You know, they might not be the best, um, but chances are they're really good at the stuff that they like, which we've already mm. talked about. Um, but people tend to gravitate towards tasks that they enjoy. Yeah. So, and the longer somebody somebody's career is, the more, uh, I guess, the easier it is to identify uh, the things that people like and the p- things that feel dislike because they would just tend to do more of the stuff that yeah. they enjoy. So if you can find a person like that and and recognize when they're willing to speak up on something or when they're willing to say, oh, hang on a second, I've done this a different way and it could be done better, it's more valuable to hear them out, like we've said before, um, than it is to tell them that, you know, no, you're the boss, shut the fuck up. Yeah, um, yeah I think... It's um, it's quite interesting seeing how, I guess, the VA market is changing how we do business and the kind of things we look for Yeah. when we're trying to, not hire people, but... Um, yeah, and like, for, for people that I'm trying to hire in positions, I don't really care what degrees they have. Or, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help you. Yeah, because I just look at their past work and if it's good... It's good. It doesn't matter (laughs) what degree they have. I guess that's a lesson for anybody that might be looking for a job right now is the VA situation might be a viable option for them. Um, There's nothing, I guess, there's nothing wrong with doing gig work online or remotely. Mm. Um, And you probably don't need to be as qualified as other people if you have the experience to back yourself up. Yeah, if you can do a good job and, and show that. Yeah, I'd take that over someone that was like, "Oh, I've got a mad degree." <laughs> I have my cool. I have my MBA. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mate. So that is every other fucking dude. We had um, on Twitch. We had Kmart Shopper sixty nine and expired coupons hey. back on. Um, ju- they just wanted to know they still love Ket. Okay. So yeah, fantastic. Um, As also, a good leader, I'm going to enable them to do more Ket. <laughs> and uh, have you heard of the way of Allah? Oh, um, yes. We, yeah. Um, Spent eight months yeah. in that country. <laughs> uh, but other than that, just a bit more about Ket. <laughs> oh, yeah, sick. So, yeah, thanks. thanks, And some Japanese writing, I think. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I was actually going to say about my the work that I'm doing with this dude in Japan. Yeah. Um, I, that's an opportunity that probably would never have presented itself if remote working wasn't more accepted. Yeah. You know, this person has recognized that his business has a need that he can't fill locally. Mm. And on top of that, I don't think he wants to fill it locally because it's just the standard wouldn't be the same. You know, we have done a little bit of work before, which is handy because once again, he's not going off my qualifications as much as he's going off my, um, you know, what I've proved to him that I'm capable of doing. Um, He did recently ask for like a, a resume to like give to the supervising company to say this is what this person's done in the past to qualify them to make these statements. And 
I think that's an important pack, uh, fact for anyone that's looking for a job at the moment is um, from my, I spent a year as a recruiter and from my time there, I know that the people that got the most looks based on their resume are the people that took the time to write their resume to make it look exactly like the job description. Yeah. Um, and I'm, nev- I'm not saying lie. Uh, what I am saying is that you need to, you can't just give the same resume to every single person that you want to hire yeah. you. You have to pick the jobs based on their merits. So if you're on Seek, for example, you know, you look through the job list and you go, okay, these are the ones that I can see myself doing. And make sure you're fairly discriminatory about that process. I think it's important that you only select jobs that you know you're actually going to enjoy a lot of the work that you're doing. Yeah. If you just apply for jobs that, you know, you're doing it for the paycheck, you might get the job. Sure, if you do all the right things, you probably convince them that you could do it. But you're going to be fucking miserable there. Um, and it's most it's more than likely you would have been better off waiting a little bit longer and trying to get something that you'll be a bit more passionate about. Yeah, and like in the VA space as well, I guess that's kind of what they did. They showed me what I was asking for. Right. Like if like... Yeah, with this VA, I kind of said I need this, this, and this done. So yeah. she showed me that that she's done in the past. Right. She didn't just show me like, oh, yeah, I've fucking done yeah, this okay. random thing before. She literally gave you evidence that she was capable yeah. of doing those tasks. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of like writing the resume for the job yeah. <laughs> in a way. Definitely. Um, um, and I think that's a good point is, you know, if you think that you are going to be looking for a job in the future, you should take the time to sit down and write about your experiences in different roles and the the role that you had in those experiences. Yeah. If you're looking for a leadership position, you need to be able to demonstrate where you were in a previous leadership position. Um, it's very hard to get into a company at the top level if you haven't been in a company in a top-level position yeah. before um, because, sadly... You know, you might think that you're the best leader in the world or you think that you've got some really great ideas, but if you can't demonstrate to somebody where you have tried these things and proven that they work, then they they might not, you know, they shouldn't really care Yeah. realistically. Um, you know, if you want to be the boss, start your own fucking company. <laughs> yeah. um, otherwise, I would advise you to stay with a company long enough to get some experience in some kind of leadership position. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they're that hard to come by. Um, a lot of the time, you can end up in a junior leadership position if you just op- you know, offer to maybe take the, take the lead on a, on a project that they're doing within the company. Yeah. So I'm trying to sort... I don't know how to make people mod on Twitch... Oh, who needs to be a moderator? Dan just wanted to be. Oh, is Dan on? Yeah, Dan's watching. Um, we've got eight minutes left. What are we... Oh, shit. Oh, we should probably mention what we're doing next week. Oh, yeah. As of next week, uh, if anyone tuned in yesterday, you probably know this already, but um, as of next week, we are changing the live times. So Mondays, we will be doing a morning live. So from yeah. 8 to 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, um, that will be a live podcast. So what we'll be doing is recording our podcast based on the articles that Dan and I have written uh, that are on our website, anviltd.com. And it'll be live streamed so people can watch them. Uh, we 
you can put questions up and comment, whatever. We probably won't get to the questions during the live stream, but we will address them the Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so what the idea for that is, you know, if you're starting the week off, you're heading to work, you can pop the podcast on if you're driving in the car, on the train or whatever it is, and you can just listen to our podcast and that allows us to get a recording out of the way so that we can catch up on all our fucking articles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on top of that, it's a little bit of a change. It gives some people something different. Um, and it just takes advantage of, um, I guess, maybe a different market. Hopefully, we get across to some more people. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will stay the same. It will be Anvil Live 5. Wednesdays and will Wild remain West. Wild West Wednesdays. Um, now, when it comes to Wild West Wednesdays, that will be streamed only to Twitch. Yeah. So, um, we've recognized that we can't put like an 18 plus thing um, to prevent people from just randomly tuning in that it might not be appropriate for. Um, on any of the other platforms. So Facebook and Instagram will just have a screen up that says head over to our link on Twitch. Mm. And then on Twitch, it'll just say, you, you know, you just have to confirm that you're over 18 so that you can watch the live, uh, the Wild West Wednesdays, which is usually a ridiculous topic and uh, fairly offensive. <laughs> um, and then Fridays will be a lunchtime live. So we recognize that a lot of people by the time 5 p.m. on Fridays uh, sort of just want to go home and get wrecked. Yeah. Uh, we will be doing our, lunch, our live from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. on uh, Fridays, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And that will be the same as it normally would be, but it's just a little bit early in the day. So if you're sitting at work, you're a bit sick of doing shit and you just want to waste an hour um, <laughs> over your lunch hour or, you know, you want to claim it as research time on the veteran market or some shit to your <laughs> boss. Um, you can tune in on Fridays at lunchtime now and that frees up the afternoon so people can just go get pissed. Yeah, yeah, we had a look at our analytics a bit on the views and kind of, yeah, saw where people didn't really give a fuck. Yeah. So we're just trying different times because um, the point of this is to talk to you guys and yeah. answer questions. And Yeah, we do appreciate the engagement. Thank you for anyone that engaged, even if it was just to tell us our audio little, is shit. They got a little bit wild on Twitch. Oh, did <laughs> and, and Dusty came in and banned a few. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, uh, we're four minutes out anyway, so what, I don't know if you want to do Dan's outro. I or... don't really know how to. I think just fucking go check us out on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, YouTube. Let's go through it. We should just record Dan doing it yeah. so I just play it. We have a we're podcast. On, we're on Listen YouTube. To it. We're on YouTube, Anvil Training and Development. Sure. We're on Spotify, The Hard Way, yeah. Anvil Training and Development podcast. It could be. And uh, that's the same title on all of the... Uh, the yeah, Apple Music platforms. Ask Google to play it for you. Just yell out, "Hey Siri, fucking put on Anvils <laughs> the hard way." I want to listen to them sick dudes. <laughs> um, yeah, so feel free to check us out. Uh, if not, we really appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching this later, we do appreciate it. Um, feel free to pop in any time when we're live streaming, which is mainly at five. Dusty <laughs> said we need uh, we need fast lips back. <laughs> Yeah, hot lips. Hot, yeah, well, Dan will be back Dan. tomorrow. Yeah, he he's pulled his finger out. He's <laughs> decided he wants to be part of the team again. Um, he saw how good we look tonight. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate it. This has been the Anvil Live at Five, the director's cut, the director's edition. Uh, we decided it should be on leadership because why the fuck not? Uh, we will be back tomorrow for Wild West Wednesdays. So yes. get excited, get pumped. It will be on Twitch only. So if you do normally tune in on another platform, uh, download fucking Twitch. 
tell them that you're over 18 and um, don't report us to the authorities. <laughs> see you then. And we'll see you then. Bye. 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 <laughs>